So I'm recording this video on behalf of uh, uh, Christadelphian video, CDO videos. And I want to talk uh, about peace in the Middle East. Is it possible? Because it's something the world would, well, we, we've watched the situation for a long time and peace in the Middle East seems so, so far away. Um, so I want just to sort of highlight how recent events particularly uh, are moving towards there being stable peace in the Middle East today. You see, I first met Christadelphians in 1966. I didn't come from a Christadelphian background. And what struck me then was how the Christadelphians were talking about Bible prophecy, Bible prophecy about Israel. It was a major topic of conversation in the 60s, possibly because it was only 20 years since the formation of the State of Israel. See, the thing is, in May 1948, there was a major event which was the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. The State of Israel was declared. And many in the world, I think at that time, thought it won't last. It's going to vanish in one way or another. In fact, the UN vote, you can, you can, you can listen to the UN vote on YouTube if you want to. And you, you'll see there are countries that voted in favour of the formation of the state who probably weren't interested in there being a state, but thought, well, it won't last. It'll all fall over in due time. But in fact, there were stirrings before that in 1917. This is in fact three years ago. There was a lot of uh, media, media coverage of it being 100 years since the Balfour Declaration. A, a, a famous phrase within it, His Majesty's government view with favour the establishment of a national home for Jews in Palestine. And it goes on and uh, the British government would use its best endeavours and so on. You know, a large number of Christadelphians could quote you that without even looking because it was such a major event in the life of Christadelphians because it was the stirring of the events that uh, brought about the formation of the state of Israel. Now, whilst the world wasn't expecting it, Bible students were. Keen Bible students were not at all surprised, but were overjoyed that there was uh, stirrings towards the formation of a state of Israel. And then when the state was declared even more, so I understand not being old enough to remember either of those events. You see, the Bible promised that God would regather the Jews to their own land. In Jeremiah 33, at verse 13, God said, I'll bring you into your own land. Or again, a, a, a couple of verses before that. Though I make a full end of all nations, whether I scatter you, I will not make a full end of you, God says. Or Ezekiel says in chapter 36, that God would bring Israel back to their own land. And I think that's an important thing for us to understand. What is their own land? So I, I recall the incredulity of, of, of a work colleague. The thing is, when you first learn something like this, you're full of it. I want to talk about it to, to anybody. Well, I was working at that time in, in a little factory making spectacles, and I had a very good person teaching me. Sydney was his name. 
And I was talking to her about the Jews returning to their own land, uh, just the Bible prophesied. And he said, nah, the Bible doesn't say that. And so I opened the Bible at Ezekiel 36. And God says, I will take you from among the nations and gather you out of all countries and bring you to your own land. And there's no doubt about what was their own land. It was the land that uh, was called Palestine in those days. And there's stacks of other references that talk of the Jews being brought back to their own land. Yeah, if you want to do a bit of a search, you can find out that there are countries all around the world where world powers had thought to form a national home for the Jews. And none of them happened because God had determined that they would go back to their own land. Uh, to this day, Sydney doesn't believe this, but he's dead now. So any hope for him is gone, actually. You know? So when I became a Christadelphian in January 1967, I joined that group looking for the return of Jesus Christ to the earth when Israel will be living in their own land in peace, when the kingdom of God will be reestablished on the earth. Now, the West Bank, I think we're probably very familiar with the term the West Bank. It's the uh, territory on the uh, uh, west of the uh, River Jordan, the land of Israel, which is... Uh, uh, well, it was controlled by Jordan until the Six-Day War in 1967, but then Israel took control of it. And over the last few years, we've seen, despite objections by the UN and anti-Semitism, actually, by some nations against the Jews, Jews populating the West Bank. In fact, my wife and I had the privilege of going to Israel a few years ago. And the tour guide was talking to us about the West Bank. He said, we want to be have settlements scattered around the West Bank because it makes it far more difficult for the Arab nations and the Palestinians to attack us. That was his perspective. But the Bible actually talks about Israel dwelling on the West Bank in Ezekiel 38. The prophet says in verse 8, after many days, I'm reading, reading the King James Version. Uh, any version will do because they're all translating the original Hebrew. After many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste, but is brought back out of the, out forth of the nations, and they shall dwell safely. All of them, and it's the Jews he's talking about dwelling safely in what we now call the West Bank, the mountains of Israel. Israel survived hostile attempts to destroy the nation. I suppose the most significant is the war in 1967, commonly known as a six-day war, where the mass of the Arab nations sought to destroy this fledgling nation. Military strategists today still question and wonder how on earth little Israel survived. Christadelphians would say, because God has determined that they will. I think it's probably worth making this point at the moment, because you might think we're Zionists. Christadelphians are non-political. 
We don't condone violence and violation of human rights anywhere in the world. We don't support Israel or the Palestinians. We're standing outside observing what the Bible says about the world that we live in. So you will not find Christadelphians uh, voting for whoever it might be in this country or the upcoming American election voting for either Joe Biden or um, Donald Trump. Rather like Jesus, uh, we see ourselves as outside of these things. Jesus says to Pilate, the man that could have let him go, I suppose if he had his own way, uh, my kingdom is not of this world, else would my servants fight, says Jesus. Yeah. And that's us. Christadelphians don't take part in world politics. We're just pointing out what the Bible says. So now, to the question really, is Middle East peace possible? History would lead us to think, no, it's not. But uh, the way things are happening at the moment, it would appear things are changing quite dramatically. Countries that at one time were talking about pushing Israel into the sea, I think that's a UAE once said that, are now actually seeking to have peace with the nation of Israel. You may have heard about the Abraham Accord. If it wasn't for COVID-19, this would be the main topic of the news most nights for the last three or four weeks. The President Trump has organized for particularly the UAE and Bahrain to sign peace accords with Israel. And in fact, the first uh, scheduled flight by El Al from Israel to Bahrain has flown. Peace between Israel and two Arab states that have previously been hostile to Israel. So these peace agreements that are being signed with Israel, um, we do have to reflect a little bit about what the media has got to say. In the Telegraph on September the 19th, the White House Chief of Staff claimed five more countries are poised to normalize ties with Israel. Five more countries are seriously considering peace peace deals with Israel. 27th of October, really recent. Donald Trump said he's, he's on, a, on the steps of an aeroplane. He's going on an on a, um, election campaign trip. He says, we have five, but we really have probably nine or ten that are right in the mix. We're going to have a lot. I think we'll have all of them eventually. And he's talking about Arab nations signing up in peace agreements with Israel. So these other Arab states are distancing themselves as well from Hamas and Fatah, who represent the Palestinians in the West Bank and the Gaza. It isn't just that they're signing peace treaties with Israel, they're distancing themselves from groups of individuals who are fundamentally opposed to the existence of Israel and want to see it destroyed. On the 21st of September, 
uh, Israel 365 News, the news channel. Qatar uh, wants back Hamas, now looking into normalization with Israel. You couldn't write this as things are going to happen. It's so incredulous. In an interview with the Voice of America on Wednesday, uh, Qatar's ambassador to the US, uh, Sheikh, whose name I can't pronounce, he said, Qatar has no objection to normalizing ties with Israel if the conditions are proper. Think about that. Sworn enemies, many of them signing agreements, desiring to sign agreements with Israel. And now, get this, again, 27th of September, the, Pal the Palestinian Authority's president, Mohammed Abbas, he was speaking at the uh, opening of the UN General Assembly. And it, it, when he had his opportunity to talk, what did he say? What did he talk about? He called for the international conference under the auspices of the UN and the quartet, that's the long-standing members of the uh, Security Council, uh, and charged with overseeing Israel-Palestinian peace process. We do want to think about that. Early next year, he's saying, he would hope that these things would be worked out. So what do we make of that? Is peace in the Middle East possible? Well, it's happening before our very eyes as we talk about this today. Uh, today is Friday the 30th of uh, November, uh, October. So how do these things affect you and I in the end? Things can happen exceedingly quickly on a world stage. I remember the, the, the Berlin Wall coming down when East and West Germany were united. And that happened exceedingly quickly, unexpected by the majority in the world, just as the continued existence of Israel was unexpected in the 60s against the onslaught of the Arab nations. So what I and other Bible students have been hoping for, peace in the Middle East, is happening before our very eyes. Now, lest we develop a state of euphoria, thinking everything is going to be rosy, sadly it's not. It will not last. The Bible predicts a massive invasion of Israel from the north when Israel is dwelling peacefully. It will be something like we've never ever seen before. Though you've probably seen the pictures of the devastation in Syria over the last uh, however many years it is. That gives you some idea of the sort of destruction that's likely to happen when this northern invader comes down against Israel. So you're now thinking, he says, is peace in the Middle East possible? And you say yes, and then you say there's going to be a massive war. But it is not all doom and gloom. 
The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ, that man that was crucified, who rose from the dead after three days and ascended to heaven 40 days later, is going to return to the earth and re-establish the kingdom of God. That was the greatest event that would have ever have happened. COVID-19 will just be trivial. Nothing that we've ever seen before. Really, is anything to think about compared to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ? How do we know that this is what was going to happen? Well, Jesus' disciples had an expectation. They were looking for the kingdom of God. They thought Jesus was going to fight the Romans and establish the kingdom of God. But no, he didn't. So after he'd been raised from the dead in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, the disciples say to Jesus, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? And he says, it's not for you to know the time. God's got control over that. But by implication, it will happen. And then shortly after that, he ascended into heaven before the amazed eyes of the disciples and they're watching him going to heaven. And the record says in Acts 1 verse 11 that there were two men standing by them in white clothes. It would seem they were angels. And they said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which ye have seen taken up into heaven, will shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. And so what did they preach? Read the New Testament. And the overriding message in the New Testament is that Jesus Christ is going to return to the earth and he's going to establish or re-establish the kingdom of God on earth. The question is, in the end, will you be there? You might watch these events and be excited by them only to miss the boat because of complacency. The teaching of the Bible, the way that God says he's going to establish the kingdom of God on the earth, places upon us a challenge and a responsibility. How are we going to respond? Are we going to be complacent or do we want to associate ourselves with those individuals who believe these things and who will live forever in the kingdom of God? Mm -hmm.